Welcome to the Emergence Discipleship Podcast, created to equip ourselves with insight, background, and context into the themes and topics we study each week, first as we gather together to worship Jesus, and then as we go and make disciples. Let's dive into this week's discussion. All right, welcome to the eighth and final week of the spring 2022 season. That would be a, a generosity part two, spring part eight, whatever you want to call it. You know when you're listening to this. I'm joined today by Kristen Gorder. Kristen, hello. Hello. Good. How are you? Oh, we. I am doing all right today. Yeah. I'm doing all right. We also have Darcy here. She might be pretty yeah, vocal. She's way more active than she usually is. You've got like <laughs> the most interesting little kids toys. I can't even explain what I'm looking at. It looks like an alien has attached yeah. itself to the desk and yeah. she's just... It's got like a little suction cup on the desk. She's so... So it stays there and then it's got like little antennas that she can chew on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my my son Noah is like pretty much the exact same age as her, and this is a funny stage. This is when they're just aggressively throwing everything in their reach in their mouth. Yes, like their <laughs> yeah. only goal is whatever I see, it's got to go down the hatch. She apparently doesn't like what we have to say about her. Yeah, she's not a big fan. So, all right, now today I have an especially big treat for everyone, but really a big treat for us, Kristen. Woohoo! Today um, we are going with one. Uh, what I would say would be in my say top three definitely top five seltzers of all time this is one that i've purposely been saving for our finale show of the spring season and this is none other than the polar orange vanilla this will be my first time ever ah so exciting i've heard a lot about it so exciting and we each have our own can here so we're gonna do it the old-fashioned way i feel like i have an idea of what it might taste like but i want to confirm it yeah 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 all right, so cheers. cheers. That's oh. What do you think about that? That's even better than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs> now the now uh, pretty much everybody. The, all right, so let's just get the uh, let's get get the standard uh, analysis out of the way. It tastes like an orange creamsicle. Everybody says that, but, but it, it does, doesn't. It, it does not, right? No, it's, it what, doesn't. Yeah, it's, it's that's what I thought it was going to yeah. taste like. It's mm-hmm. more vanilla. Yeah. Than orange. If, I would say vanilla forward. Yeah, vanilla forward. That's good. Good observation. Yeah. I don't know if I would have made that. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're you're totally right. I now think that's that what I'm- I like. It kind of reminds me of like a cream soda without the sugar bomb. Oh man, you are like that. that exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't even have. I can't top that. What am I going to say? Yeah, cream soda without the, uh, with a little bit like uh, someone sprayed Ref- a little orange yeah, in there. Yeah, just a little refreshing. Yeah. Kick to it. Yeah, it's um, it's unique. Like you don't find a lot of seltzers that are like this. Not it's not super fruity. Like every everything else no. kind of goes in a fruity direction. This is. I will say one thing about this is that this is a. And I was talking to Steve about this because uh, Steve Hawthorne, his this is his favorite as well. You get him talking about orange vanilla, he won't <laughs> shut up about it. Um, he starts crying about that. He's like. <laughs> Yeah. Now, um, but uh, I totally forgot what I was going to say. Oh, yeah. I was telling him, I feel that this is uh, a seltzer. I will say that r- you you must drink this cold. It has mm, to be for okay. now. This isn't Fair. this isn't ice cold. This has been in the fridge for about an hour and a half, two hours. But like 
uh, you crack one of these open at warm room temperature and uh Not he so he good. was saying he digs it but like yeah i can't i can't do it but I, th- this is something i feel like i could easily trick my kids into thinking they're getting like this really amazing special soda treat yeah you could pass it off as soda Oh, it's going to be the only thing they know to be soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, same with my kids. That's a yeah. Kate, Katie, my uh, my autistic girl, she, who's who's deaf. She she, she loves calls self, sugar. She she loves sugar, but she and all the only thing we have to drink in our house that's like that was is is seltzer. So she calls it juice. She thinks that's what oh. juice is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I know I remember the time Katie uh ordered oh, what gosh. was it like oh, yeah. hundreds of dollars of candy yeah. online that you had to well we have we 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 buy a kindle for her because you're not going to give like you're not going to give katie an expensive ipad or something and the kindle does the trick and some t- like sometimes i'll have to make updates on it which require me to take the parental controls off and sometimes <laughs> i forgot to put them back on so she has access to the store and she'll just go straight on amazon and we've had um cases of klondike bars sent to our house <laughs> we have a friend in iowa whom she sent like 40 dollars in jelly beans to that's amazing yeah and you can't to send be the, my friend well you can't send food stuff back either oh, like no. very rarely can you return it so we have to uh we have to um just to take it intercept it yeah so all right so um scale of one to five bubbles um what 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 are you giving this? I'm gonna give it my first ever five. Mm-hmm. Like this is I'm going on my way home today. I'm gonna stop and pick up. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> you should do it. You should do it. Um, yeah. The uh, there's another polar that makes it uh, that I would actually put above this. Really? But um, I'm going to save that for another review. Well, are you even gonna tell us the name? I mean. Can you tell me secretly off air? I'll tell you off air what right. it is since you're going to buy it. And sometimes <laughs> you'll get like a three for, you know, good good price or something. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cool. All right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I give this a five too. So hands down. Uh, next time. And it's widely available. Next time you're at ShopRite or wherever you shop, um, Whole Foods, if you're fancy, uh, pick up an pick up polar orange, orange, orange vanilla. vanilla. You will not be disappointed. Keep it cold. Nor will the other. Yeah. Keep it cold. Keep it cold. Keep it cold. Keep it safe. <laughs> That's what Gandalf will tell you. All right. <laughs> okay, so <Is> let's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> why shouldn't I have the orange vanilla seltzer? <laughs> After all, it is mine. My precious. <laughs> okay. Enough of the Lord of the Rings. Somebody else has called polar orange vanilla that. <laughs> yes. Um, <clears throat> okay, so. <laughs> Today, uh, actually, this week that we have a massive amount of text in this, um, so this is a this is a very very this is a very text intensive. I hope you guys like reading for this week, um, and but it's it's cool. It, I think it, it works. Um, it's good to read scripture together, right? So um, you can never fail if that's all you do. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. I've actually I've had instances in like like church events and stuff like like young adults group and stuff like throughout my years of ministry where like if like the lesson falls through and nobody is there to teach you just be like let's just read Titus there just you go read it. you know just yeah. devote ourselves to the public reading of scripture or you know read just read Ephesians whatever you do I mean yeah. if you do that you're still gonna walk away with something reading yeah just listening to someone read yeah. the whole Bible yeah, yeah. The, um, the whole book of the Bible or something. I mean, that's how they were originally received, right? 
Okay, um, the announcements are basically the same. And by basically the same, I mean exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I didn't touch them at all because they're exactly the same. So there you go. Uh, just make sure that you're um, you know, pushing your young adults towards college-ish. I will say it is going very well this year. Um, and then um, summer sessions, uh, make sure you, you, you want to be coming out for that. Those are going to be Thursdays beginning on June 30th. Um, and um, really want to encourage in-person attendance with those, uh, you know, pandemic wise you, you know people have been a lot uh, ever since that you know the the in-person attendance has been down but i think it's kind of time to start uh, to start getting people back out live it definitely contributes having people a lot of people there for asking mm-hmm. questions and things like that i think that's good um but they will be available for viewing on youtube the next day thankfully yeah 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 <laughs> and, and then um and then august uh first to fifth is student life camp so um, also well, I want to do a little plug for do our it. service teams. All right, do it. Do if the plug. You, we, are, we are going to start kind of pushing people to start serving. We have big needs in lots of our teams. And if there is anyone in your group not currently serving somewhere, please encourage them to, to take a step of faith. It's huge for their own walk. Um, and even your your group could benefit from from uh, its members serving. So, What's a service team? I thought we had impact teams Oh, I'm here. sorry. I'm no. sorry. Sorry, I didn't even know I what did. you were, I didn't know what you were talking about. Um, our impact teams. Impact, yes. Are, which are our teams that serve on Sunday mornings. Yeah, and if you serve on Kristen's team, you'd get a shirt. You do. you get a shirt with other teams too, but... Uh, yeah, with tech. Not if you're a community group leader. No, no. <laughs> all right. But uh, you all get treats. You all so get that's... some kind of treats, some kind of goodies. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, Icebreaker, here you go. What, what do you appreciate most about the people in your community group? Oh, so, so we would talk about that the whole time. We're have a little love fest at the beginning of community group this week, everyone. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's dive in here. So we saw how the power of Jesus was at work in Peter in the public healing of a man who had been lame from birth. This week, we examined the way in which the apostles boldly proclaimed the gospel hope in the aftermath of this incredible miracle. Nice. So. Um, uh, this was a very gospel forward message. Yeah. Uh, I think I think we got a text during the week being like, it's a good <laughs> week to do this. So, um, yeah. So, okay, let's go ahead and read Acts 11, uh, 3, 11 through 16. Do you, okay. want that, do you want that one there? Yeah, sure. All right. While he clung to Peter and John, all the people, utterly astounded, ran together to them in the portico called Solomon's. And when Peter saw it, he addressed the people. Men of Israel, why do you wonder at this, or why do you stare at us, as though by our own power or piety we have made him walk? The God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered over and denied in the presence of Pilate when he had decided to release him. But you denied the Holy and Righteous One and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. And you killed the author of life, whom God raised from the dead. To this we are witnesses, and his name, by faith in his name, has made this man strong, whom you see and know. And the faith that is through Jesus has given the man his perfect health in the presence of you all. All right. Good job, Peter. Peter doing... Peter doing a good job pointing to Christ here. 
Um, so Peter and John have the opportunity to elevate themselves in the eyes of those who witnessed the miraculous healing of the lame man, mm. but they refuse to do this, instead pointing to the resurrected Jesus as the one who had healed him. So the first question, in verse 12, what, what two qualities does Peter deny played a role in this man's healing, and how do each manifest themselves today as temptations for us when our good works are noticed by others? So we're going to verse 12. So when, when Peter saw it, he addressed the people, men of Israel, why do you wonder at this? Or why do you stare at us as though by our own <clears throat> power, power or piety. piety, we have made him walk. Yeah. Okay, so power and piety. So power, um, ability, right? Piety, our, well, you know, piety, uh, morality. religious morality, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that he says don't did not play a role in his in this healing, um, but yeah, how are these manifestations for us when others? Uh, how are these temptations for us today when our good works are noticed by others? Power and piety. Hmm. Um. Well, um, I think I think yeah. I mean when it comes to to power, you, you see this in and and it can be like a big discussion, especially within leadership, like. When when something extraordinary happens, mm-hmm. we often like we want it's it's pride really it's pride and mm. wanting that power to have come another from p us. word yeah yes yeah <laughs> so the pride that can be caused by a power really I mean this is the power of God at work yeah um, and that's what he's pointing to but we can become puffed up with pride oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when people I don't I don't know I think because because the influence that it has on on others um and honestly I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> nice <laughs> <laughs> but I just I just like the 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 pride and the influence that we have on others through a show of power um yeah can just can I yeah, kind of get to us. Yeah, it's te- it's definitely tempting it's to make like power, like the temptation to appear like every have somebody else think you know we're competent. You know, yeah. like it's through your yeah. competence, through your ability. Yeah, you're very skilled. You're very good at this. Mm-hmm. Like those kinds of things that stroke your ego. So it right. is it is something like I guess both of these grow out of pride, right? Right. And then the piety, you know, yeah, you're. It's 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 basically we have control. I have control. Mm-hmm. Um, and wanting people to think that it's me who has the control and the ability to do this yeah. as opposed to pointing to the one who even gave us the ability to do it. Yeah. Or, or uh, and I'm such a good person, mm. so obviously God would, would, would want to work through someone like me. Um, yeah. Yeah, both, both opportunities for pride. So uh, you think of anything, right? Like think of like, um, uh, you know, let's say uh, somebody... Uh, realizes that uh, you've given your time to um, to uh, you know your weekend to to do something good for somebody. Uh, you know, let's say uh, th- there was an opportunity in our church a few um, months ago to help a woman move who was uh, uh, had some physical problems. People showed up. You know, someone someone sees that starts complimenting. Uh, okay, well, yeah, uh, well, yeah, well, we're just really we we really got it together. Uh, we of course you know or yeah we're really good people mm. so um, you know and there's there's power there's pride and you want to kind of direct it away I also think that. there's kind of like a independence element 
Like you don't need other people to do this for you. Oh, yeah. Um, and that can kind of play a role in in feeling that, like feeling like I don't need other people because I have. In fact, I so habit. don't need other people that I have. I'm able to give of myself. Yes. To, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They need me, but I don't need them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. So and I and I think sometimes when we when we have that kind of attitude, like by being honest about uh, our own needs and our own weaknesses and our own, you know, um, need to have other people help us. Um, we, we give other people opportunities to, to serve the Lord by serving us too. Mm -hmm. So if I'm just, you know, always trying to put on this false face of somebody who has it all together and never needs anybody else's help, Mm -hmm. then I'm not allowing other people to exercise their gifts as part of the body of Christ. Yeah. 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 It's always easier for me to, I mean, it's not easy, but (laughs) it's always easier for me to make a meal for someone else than it is to agree to receive a meal from someone Mm. else. Um, And that's just my own pride (laughs) rearing its ugly head. But I I like to be like, yeah, I'll bring you a meal. (laughs) Um, But it's so much harder to be like, you know what? Yeah, I could actually use the help. Mm. A meal would be wonderful. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I had a very meal receiving winter myself. During, during, uh, <laughs> I think we all we were all just making meals for each other. Holy cow! Yeah, like nobody's cooking for themselves. Or just like. Uh. <laughs> all right. So next question: Why is it a bad idea to take the credit when um, we do something praiseworthy in the eyes of unbelievers? Why is that a bad mm-hmm. idea? Well, I think first of all, we we miss the opportunity to give glory to God. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. And uh, and to you know, because keep in mind the whole thing here that the that Peter and John are doing is they're they're deflecting the um, the attention off of themselves and putting it onto mm-hmm. Jesus. Clearly, like this is a, an amazing thing. Like this is not just like we did something good, but a, a man who like was physically could not walk mm-hmm. is now leaping around, and um, and they point right to Jesus. But yeah, it's a, so so you you're. I guess uh, it's kind of a cliche way to put it, but robbing God of his glory. Mm. I think, Um, too, it kind of eliminates um, a need for grace, or at least in in their eyes. mm. Um, Because if they see Christians who appear to have it all together on their own merit, um, they think, well, one, that could never be me. And two, because that could never be me, like, I don't deserve god Mm -hmm. essentially whereas when we're admitting like no i don't have it all together this is all god um i need grace to be able to do these things like yeah so that god can use me to yeah like what are we what are we inadvertently preaching to them right like if we if we want them to come become such as we are Mm -hmm. um then uh you know are are we trying to win them to um uh some kind of like uh, you know hoity-toity life or, yeah. or something yeah or are we that's what a lot of people think christians are yeah. just kind of like sitting up on the high horse saying yep. you guys have to get it together yeah yeah i'll say like one of my best relationships with an un- with an unbelieving friend that i have is somebody who like i'm constantly <laughs> i'm constantly talking to about like the 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 difficulties that I have and, mm. and the, the struggles that I have and things like that. Like I'm, I'm kind of transparent about my struggles with him mm. and I, I feel like it's made the relationship a lot realer and made it make a lot more sense about when I'm talking about how grace is at the center mm. of 
my relationship with God rather than, you know, some kind of feigned moral mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, next question. Uh, P- this is a head question. Uh, Peter says that he and John are witnesses to Jesus' resurrection. By this, he means that he and the other apostles had seen, heard, and touched the risen Christ. In what sense are we, living nearly 2,000 years after the event, witnesses as well? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll often refer to our, ourselves and our job as witnesses, witnessing, right? Uh, but now that's kind of different than what they meant by witnesses, right? Because, yeah. so, so what is a, so, so a witness is somebody who has firsthand knowledge of something mm-hmm. and then makes that known to someone else. Yeah. Um, and, um, and it's true, like, we're, we don't, we're not witnesses to Jesus' resurrection in the sense that we've encountered the bodily bodily raised Christ. If you have, then definitely email me. Um, <laughs> we have some questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think when we talk about witness, like there's something, there's um, truth of God's work in our lives that's present every day yeah. that we do experience. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so bearing witness is, is 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 being able to communicate that that thing that is uniquely yours as a, as a Christian, being able to commit communicate that yeah. towards others. And I mean, that's like when you share your testimony. Typically, what you're sharing is what you were like before you knew God, before you were in relationship with God, how you came to know God, and then how you are different now Absolutely. from what you once were. And that's so, what I tell people every time when they're giving testimony. Yeah, that's and what, and yeah. so that, I mean, when you're sharing that testimony, that is real and true, and you have witnessed how God has worked mm-hmm. um, in very real, tangible ways in your life. And then we also have scripture um, as a first-person account. First, mm-hmm. Is it first-person account? Does that sound right? Well, what first-person first, account first, of what? Of, you mean like the gospels of the gospels of yeah yeah that's those. well two of them are two of them appear to be first person eyewitness yeah. testimonies and, yeah. and mark it's possible that the, it's quite probable that mark is based on peter's preaching yeah. so that would be another one yeah so um, and so we have really almost straight from the source words yeah. of people who did see the physical tangible more on this during summer sessions oh oh hey, yeah hey <laughs> that was a shameless. Yeah, well, well, one of the evenings will be on the the gospels as reliable cool. eyewitness testimony. Yeah. Awesome, but all that to say, um, mm-hmm. not only we have, not only do we have the experience in our own lives, but we can we have the supported, the written supported works in the gospels as yes. to what is happening in our our lives is is true and real um, because of what happened in their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and and yeah, so everything is, and it's so it's not, and it's so it's not just it's not merely um, it's not only um, you know testifying to my personal experience as a Christian, you know, mm-hmm. like um, here's 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 like my story, mm-hmm. but even the content, right, and the way in which it has it, how what it was that led to you finding this compelling. You know, like the, the apostles here, here's, here's what I, Peter, here's why I find it compelling. I walked with him and I was with him and, mm-hmm. and I, and I, and I, you know, was reconciled to him after, um, he had, he was raised. Whereas I might say something like, um, you know, I, um, you know, found this difficult to believe or this difficult to see. And here's what God did to open my eyes to that. And mm. actually it's interesting. Um, 
uh, a friend of ours who was a, a member at our church and uh, but moved to Virginia. Uh, Guillaume, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm yeah, looking at his Guillaume book right Guillaume, now. <laughs> right? Just, just released a book, Confessions of oh, a French released, Atheist. Oh, he just released this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's done a bunch of uh, sessions with us, yeah. a bunch of talks. This is actually the number one book on Amazon in science and religion right now. Yeah. Wow. And, and, um, That's so cool. And it's about like how... Way to go, Guillaume. Yeah, good job, Guillaume. And uh, <laughs> and it's how the Lord led him to himself. And it's a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like, this is what I found implausible initially, and here's what you know what God showed me to get me over that. Very and to, cool. To, yeah. So, all right. So those are ways in which we're we're witnesses. Um, so how does an understanding of ourselves as witnesses minimize us and glorify God? Yeah, as mere witnesses. Hmm. Well, so <laughs> a witness is somebody who only sees something happen and then tells about it, whereas the doer is the one who can receive the glory. Yeah, yeah. Your wit, your your what you are testifying to is the work of God in your yeah. life, and so and never forget that. So, like, I I don't want my testimony, my witness, to be so man centered, right? Like, then this guy came in and he was incredible, and then and then I did yeah. this, and that was a really good decision, and I'm glad mm. that I did that, right? And like, of course those things are true Mm -hmm. but what i want to do is i want to step back and say it's the lord's power working through these things just Mm -hmm. like it was like peter could have said like well i didn't honestly i wasn't really sure what to say to this guy he was asking money and i didn't didn't ask him for money i didn't have anything and so i decided this would be a really good thing to say and boy am i glad i said that no he just he does the thing he says you know he says it to the guy and then he tells him you know this is God at work within mm-hmm. me, and that's what you need to know about this. Mm. He could have done it a, a zillion other ways. Yeah, yeah, super cool. Yeah, all right. So yeah, so witness. I guess. I guess. I suppose. Like the um, one of the big salient points about being a witness is that it's it's a, in a sense it's a very active thing, right? Like you need to tell, but it's also a sense in which like it's kind of like a passive thing. Like I'm I'm witnessing like. I'm observing God at work in this world and in my life, and then I'm mm. telling you about it. So there's a, a way of conceiving it in which it's it's an intensely passive thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I guess you say the thing I'm witnessing about is passive, and then the act of witnessing is um, not passive. Interestingly, yeah. <laughs> interestingly, by the time you get to the later New Testament writings, like Revelation, I think is pretty pretty far out there. Um, in terms of like the dating of it, uh-huh. uh, the word witness has begun to become to also mean and you die for it. Oh, yeah. So martu Whoa. martu reo, yeah. which is the the verb I witness I I witness uh, not e y e but I mm-hmm. uh, to witness um, does become in Christian lingo, mm. um, and I, I you may have also died right yeah. like I, I, that. Yeah. Well, I, so I'm reading a book right now kind of about church history, and that was something they talked about, um, the the many attempts to squash Christianity in mm. the early years. They could not do it because the, the believers, yeah. the Christians, yeah. were so adamant. They were witnesses, and they were unwilling to break, even under torture yeah. um, and pretty horrific deaths. Yeah, yeah, it, it- it it becomes pretty it becomes pretty incredible and you actually you even see this here in acts yeah um where um you know just their willingness like you got to remember like the people that they're interacting with here and you'll see this more in chapters four and five um are the people who had jesus killed Mm. like not not a long time before this like less than two months earlier 
and they're going before them and boldly being like, yeah, that that guy. You he, killed yeah, him. You were there. And, and <laughs> you might kill me for saying this now. Right. Like, right. it's not like it's not like they have reason to think that the high I'm priesthood is on. a <laughs> uh, Yeah. They're on a drastically different page than they were two months ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK, um, let's go ahead and read Acts three seventeen through 26. You want to do that chunk? Sure. You want me to do that? Or? Yeah, I can try. All right. All right. 17 to 26. Here we go. But now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did also your rulers. But what God foretold by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ would suffer, he thus fulfilled. Repent, therefore, and turn back, that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets long ago. Moses said, The Lord will raise up will, will raise up before you a prophet like me from your brothers. You shall listen to him in whatever he tells you, and it shall be that every soul who does not listen to the prophet shall be destroyed from the people. And all the prophets who have spoken from Samuel to those who came after him also proclaimed these days. You are the sons of the prophets and of the covenant that God made with your fathers, saying to Abraham, And in your offspring shall all the families of earth be blessed. God, having raised up his servant, sent him to you first to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Yeah. I, I love how, like, unashamed, like, not just bold, like the boldness, right? Like, yeah. He's not afraid to be like, you killed him. Like, you have wickedness that you need to be turned from. Like, but it's also so incredibly yeah. loving. He's like, yeah. he he did this, like, you did that, but he still wants to blot out your wickedness, to yep. blot out your sin. Yeah. I know I've read this before, but it sounds very fresh and new to my ears Yeah, today. yeah. Well, that's good. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, it's It's being very straight as to like what each path looks like the path of unbelief like it's terrible it's wickedness i'm not going to mix words here but the but but if you repent and turn and uh and and well that's how he says repent and turn back uh, that your sins might be blotted out then there's welcoming from the lord there's mm. times of refreshing there's um he will send the appointed christ for you um and you know all all these things, um, and interesting ways of phrasing the gospel in different ways, right? Say phrasing the hope and everything in different ways. Um, okay, so how many of God's Old Testament promises can you spot in verses seventeen through twenty six? Okay. So Jesus is the fulfillment of God's promises as a section, and this is not not surprising. This is a head scratcher. So <laughs> let me just go through. I'm gonna, You're going to have to do this one because it's going to take me a while. <laughs> all right. So first of all, I see in verse uh, eighteen that the Christ would suffer, which is uh, noteworthy, right? Yeah. Because the Christ is the messianic king, right? The king who will reign over God's people. And the hard pill to suffer, one of the, say, apologetic hurdles the apostles had to had to clear was the notion that the Christ would come and suffer. No, yeah. I thought the Christ was going to come and kick butt. Right. right? And take names, right? I came here to establish the kingdom of God and chew bubblegum and all, all out of bubblegum. But why, why was it such a surprise to them when it was pretty clear? Especially like uh, I think of passages in Isaiah like mm-hmm. that the Christ would suffer. Okay. So you're thinking of the Sorry. suffering servant, like Isaiah 53. Yeah. So 
the suffering servant does not now later judaism did link this with the messianic hope like okay the targum pseudo jonathan specifically says that but that if, if you're just reading isaiah right <laughs> that that is about god's servant uh-huh. uh does that how do we know that's the messiah Ah. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like, Isaiah gotcha. doesn't say, like, this so, is... So, I mean, they're kind of, like, it could be Israel in yes, general could be is, going that, yeah. su- is going to suffer so, because yeah, they so, are the servant of God. So, in Second Temple uh, Jewish eschatology, you tend to have, like, different eschatological figures. Okay. Right? Like, Elijah will come. The prophet will come. Let me speak about here. Um, the, um, what about the suffering servant, the son of man, and the Messiah. Genesis. Um, he shall bruise his heel. Yeah. And he shall crush yeah. his head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so I mean, yeah, that there will be a bruise. But again, how do you know that that's the Messiah? Healed. Does it say that that's? The, you see what I'm saying? Because we're used to thinking of it because all of these offices, all of these promises, find uh-huh. their yes in Christ, right? Uh-huh. So we're used to looking at Jesus and saying, all he is all these things. Gotcha. But the thing is, is that that they did not like in Jewish thinking. They're not. They don't necessarily all converge on an individual. Okay. They might just be all different individuals, all okay. different eschatological figures. Which is also true, though, right? Like, because we can see some of these things fulfilled well, you partially. See, well, for, in some, for example, you see like Elijah. Jesus is not the Elijah who will come, right? right? Like that's more John the Baptist sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, but like, in ter- the, I think the key thing is that like, um, uh, if you're if you didn't like bc before christ these hopes look like they're distinct but then when jesus comes on the scene and fulfills the promises of god um all of those things converge on him so this is and one of the first teachings that this is all this is to, like these passages are talking about christ right yeah that's the one of the first times they're hearing this yes and so an apologetic Wild. strategy an apologetic strategy for the christ would suffer mm-hmm. might be something like look at how many in how many psalms david is like god help me my enemies are encircling me gotcha. and being like why would you think that the true david would not experience that right? right like this is a very david thing to do right. to suffer yeah right and it's just kind of like a paradigm shift the mm-hmm. idea that that the king would come and suffer okay um cool sorry for that tangent no right? it's it's good i obviously like talking about it um <laughs> <laughs> um so there we go christ would suffer um uh times of refreshing we might say right like that the this messianic kingdom um uh, would come um uh, let's see the time for restoring all the things about which God. So time for restoring all things. Uh, I would think about like uh, some of the uh, passages, for example, at the end of Isaiah, uh, especially where it talks about this is where like the concept of the new heavens and the new earth get introduced. So like Isaiah 66, 22 and 23 would be um, uh, would be that as well as 65 verses 17 through 25 this is these are the behold i create the new heavens and the new earth so those are you know kind of blatant things there uh, that that he's talking about right he's so he's peter's putting this in the context of the old testament hope okay. then you've got the 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 um uh the promise about uh, the lord raising up a prophet like moses mm. uh coming that is from deuteronomy 18 verses 15 through 19 
Um, interestingly there, um, uh, this, this idea, and you see this at the end of Deuteronomy also, that the, the thing that makes, will make this prophet like Moses is that he know he will know the Lord quote face to face like Moses did, right? Like Moses is like a prophet, mm. but he's kind of more than a prophet because he's, he has a relationship, a closeness to God that nobody else does. So he's even more so than a prophet. Mm. Yeah. So that's the idea this, this prophet like Moses who will be raised up. That's mm-hmm. Deuteronomy 18. Um, um, you know, you've got, and you know, pretty much all these other prophetic and all the prophets who have spoken right. from Samuel to those. So you got a lot of stuff in there, <laughs> a lot of uh, prophecies in there. Um, uh, the the sons, uh, you're the sons of the covenant that God made with yeah. your, and they're specifically tagging Genesis 12. In you shall all the families of the earth be blessed, Abraham. And um, so, yeah, so all of these are different aspects of Old Testament promises that are the fulfillment uh, that Jesus fulfills. So how many is that? Did you count? I don't know. And I'm not going back through again to count. <laughs> Let's say uh, five or six. Uh, <laughs> I think that it seemed uh, like five or six. Uh, go ahead. You can, there's audio scrubbing. Just go back, a, <laughs> you know, rewind it a, a minute or two and count uh, again. So, yeah. So why yeah, I guess it's weird that I say how many, like the answer to this is a number. Like you would be like four and I'm not going to say anything else. <laughs> really, I want you to go through and just be like, let's Start identify them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. so why did Peter feel the need to highlight that God had foretold that his Christ would suffer? Oh, I feel like we answered that question. We for sure did. Yeah. I didn't realize that you asked that. You're, it's just that you are so <laughs> on top of like, yeah, yeah, so on top of things. All right, let's go to the next question then. The promise of the coming messianic king to rule over God's people, a.k.a. the Christ, is a very Jewish promise. And the appeal to the Hebrew scriptures is a very Jewish way of making that point. What does Peter say in this passage to prep the minds of his listeners for the fact that Jesus is for all people, not just for Israel? Well, he brings up the the covenant Mm -hmm. um, and in your offspring... All the families of the earth will be blessed. Yes. Yeah. So there's that. So that, and again, that's, that's like the, um, that's like the central kind of like, like God's like, all right, Abraham, I'm setting you apart and here's the big picture. Mm-hmm. And that's the big picture he gives them. Mm-hmm. And Paul Paul actually in Galatians says that the scriptures preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham saying this. He called Paul calls this verse that verse the gospel, Genesis mm-hmm. twelve three. The other thing I would point to here in answer is the very next verse, verse twenty six. God having raised up his servant, sent him to you first mm. by by Okay, to bless you by turning every one of you from your wickedness. Implying that so, there's someone else. Yes, there are. He's going to after. <laughs> yes, yes, there, there are, there are other sheep there's who others. are not of this fold. Yeah, um, who are who are coming. So yeah, I mean, so this too is this also kind of new to the Jewish ears? I mean, but it's not because they heard, but they've lived for so many generations, kind of with this we are the family of God. And then there's the other, the Gentile. Yeah. uh, I mean, I think that like, I think I don't see how anybody reading their old, I'm I'm not like an expert in second temple Judaism or anything. So like, I don't know, like the, the nuances and stuff, but like, it is very difficult to read your old Testament and think that God does not have a plan for the nations Mm. and, and even to incorporate them. Um, 
but uh, I will say that like that see, this seems to be something that particularly angers first century Jewish sensibilities in the Gospels. Mm. I think, for example, of when Jesus goes to Nazareth in Luke four. I think it's Luke four. Uh, it's like the first thing Jesus does in, in Luke after he gets back from the wilderness, and he's like preaching, and he's like, you know, Isaiah is being fulfilled in your midst, um, and then uh, sorry, I should probably put G- Jesus's voice a little bit more respectful, but. Isaiah is being fulfilled in your myths. And uh, and then and then he goes and he's like, oh, yeah, and by the way, there were plenty of widows that Elijah could have gone to, mm. but he went to the widow of Zarephath, mm. not an Israelite. There were plenty of lepers in Israel, right. but he went to Naaman the Syrian. Well, I mean, and it says, and when they heard this, right, like okay. that they, they're like, all right, let's throw him off a cliff. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so, well, know. it's interesting, too, because, like, even the story of the Good Samaritan, it's in line with Old Testament scriptures where the outsider, even the enemy, mm-hmm. is considered more righteous yes. than the Israelite. Yeah. Um, like, uh, that's classic Jonah, yeah. for example. Yeah. yeah. All yeah. right. Anyway. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay. Um, why is it often important to incorporate key Old Testament promises and themes into the way we share the gospel? And which ones do you think are the most helpful? Um, so, again, this is, uh, you know, a little bit, cookies are a little bit, this is not bottom shelf stuff, right? Like, you kind of have to know a little bit of your Bible. And, and I think it's good to be challenging and teaching and admonishing one another. So, those in your group who have a little bit more Bible knowledge, like, it's good. It's good to be like, we're we're going to think about this a little bit more biblically. We're, we're trying to up the ante a little bit here, like you know? So, um, so why, why would it be important to do that? Um, I mean, what do you think? All of the word of God is profitable mm-hmm. and something, something, something. I haven't fully <laughs> memorized that passage, but, but it's all, it's all good. Yeah. And I know Second Timothy three sixteen, especially because I think a lot of people will say like, Oh, I have no problem with the new Testament God, but I can't, I can't worship the old Testament mm-hmm. God. Well, the truth is they're all the same God. And actually it's all one book pointing to Christ. And yeah. um, so I think it's important to kind of it's that that biblical knowledge, that biblical literacy is important to impart from the get go mm. and show that it is in fact the same God. He is not yeah. wrathful and um like he had a plan from the beginning and he had a promise from the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not. It's not. What you say? It's not wrathful. He. It's not like it's the a, Old well, Testament yeah, is a he, god of only wrath and yes, no mercy, and that's, then that yeah, that's the god what of the I mean. New Testament. Is, yeah, Thank yeah. you for <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <just telling> <laughs> clarifying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> because yes, he is. The, the way that uh, <laughs> yeah. the way that I've heard it said is uh, that like in the New Testament, both those things get ratcheted up. Yes. The mercy gets ratcheted up, but yes. so does the wrath. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, and so mm. I think like seeing. Seeing, like, for instance, that that passage called out, um, and in your offspring, all the families of earth will be blessed. Like pointing that out, like from the beginning, from the get go, it's at, that's been God's plan. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I like that. That like, it's not. It's not a. Uh, um, it's not as if like God just. Um, God's been doing something all throughout history and like that's the context for the gospel, you know, like you're not really going to understand like what God is doing in Christ if you don't really understand what promises are being fulfilled, what things 
Like, what does this look like? What does it look like to be a people who who love and are governed by, say, the law of God, or who are um, who are saved and rescued and redeemed and things like that? And and how does Christ? How does that, that was uh, that was that was Darcy? Darcy. Darcy is belching into the microphone. It's like um, that's all, I, I bet I could beat you. Let me take a sip of this seltzer. Um, yeah. So. Um, so it's it's a matter of the, the the idea that like the Bible the provide the Old Testament provides the context. Uh, it's it's kind of like the foundation, or yeah. or you could say like the uh, the frame of the house, and the New Testament is what goes over that frame. You know, it, it sets you up for all these things and all these categories. And um, I mean, just read your New Testament, and like it's impossible to under- really understand the, the New Testament without, without understanding the, yeah. some of the old. Yeah, and it's I, yeah, I don't know. The more I read personally, the more I read the Old Testament. I love the beauty of of the plan. It, like it just reveals itself more and more. Yeah, um, yeah. And not that the gospel doesn't have power without the Old Testament, but right, right. It, but 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 so often, like the gospel can only—it's like putting it's, glasses on. You something that was like yeah. kind of you had an image of it's sharper. Yeah, yeah. You get a sharper or understanding. Watching in color, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That um, that's the that's the idea. Yeah. Um, Ooh, like like with Wizard of Oz. <laughs> it goes oh from black and gosh. white to color. Yeah. What Pink <laughs> Floyd song is playing? when uh dorothy lands her house in oz in the uh when you sync up the dark side of the moon uh let me know if you know okay whoa um, that was more than i <laughs> i have no idea <laughs> okay <laughs> actually i'll say it's kind of cool it's money uh the the you know dun, 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 dun. i can't say that i know pink uh, floyd it's, enough it's to super know cool it. like she walks out and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so there we go. Just I can't wait to uh, give the answers to my own questions. Okay, <laughs> let's go ahead and read Acts four one through twelve. Can um, I take this one? Sure. As and as they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead, which, as Ryan reminded us, the Pharisees were not huge fans of. And uh, sorry, the Sadducees were not. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many of those who had heard the word believed, and a number, the number of the men came to about 5,000. Uh, just keep in mind, that means women and children in addition to that yeah. as well. Um, on that day, uh, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, the God that whom God raised from the dead, by him this man standing before you is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. That's a reference to Psalm one eighteen twenty two. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So, 
All right. I find it so encouraging that it says he was filled by the Holy Spirit before he launches into that little speech because mm, I'm yeah. like, <laughs> otherwise. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, um, understandably, everyone's initial focus is on the healing that had taken place. But when asked to give account for how this had happened, by what power or by what name did you do this, Peter quickly steers the interrogation into an opportunity to speak of salvation. In the name of Jesus, this man was healed. This is the Jesus whom you rejected. And Jesus is the only name through whom anyone will be saved. So, you know, pretty, pretty clear kind of path there. Yeah. That seems to be the logic. Can you recall a time when God used you to meet someone's needs or wants and you were able to use that opportunity uh, to use that as an opportunity to point to the salvation that is in Jesus? Um, I'll just say that, like, um, I used to live in downtown Chicago and constantly approached by homeless people, uh, people I had the opportunity to, you know, uh, buy lunch for or something like that. And, um, and often, you know, you had opportunity to share Jesus with them. So mm. to meet them. And then also like, uh, you know, living in that milieu, uh, I remember I used to, um, uh, once or twice a week, there were a couple of kids from uh, the housing projects nearby me. Uh, it was a few blocks from Cabrini green. Uh, I would bring them out, like, uh, just to have fun with them, play with them, hang out with them and, uh, and, and use that also to to teach them about about jesus yeah so, yeah the church i uh grew up in I, well from the time i was probably like 12 12 on we did this mm. thing called um uh what did we call it summer ministry um yeah who but, came up with that name that's really creative that's <laughs> <laughs> just what we called it but what it was is a bunch of basically uh college age students high school students and even some middle school students so i started when i was that that age, mm. we would go to these parks in really rough areas and mm -hmm. basically do essentially like a day camp VBS thing. But it was just for any of the kids who showed up and we'd be there all day to hang out and we would have snacks and we put on skits that told Bible stories and just basically played with the kids. Um, nice. Did you we, say this is in Philly? Where, no, where that it? was in South Jersey, in Vineland, oh, actually, oh, okay. Vineland, New Jersey. Nice. Um, so, yeah, I am the vine. You are the branches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, so that's nice. what we would do. And, uh, that was just amazing opera. That was the first time I actually ever led, uh, anyone to Christ. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. How old were you when you were doing this? Were you, uh, uh 12, 13. Oh, so you I were, started, you and were then, a youngster. Yeah. And then, awesome. by, you know, I was one of the interns by the time, you know, I was graduating high school. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, nice. Yeah. That that's was, cool. just, so, it was cool. Yeah. Um, so put some forethought as to what you'd like to share with your group about that. And um, yeah, so you hear about those opportunities. The fact that Peter moves from the topic of healing to the topic of salvation shows that the need to be forgiven and reconciled to God far outstrips even the most critical physical needs. What are some other needs and desires that distract people from their true need for Christ? Mm. Um, I think obviously, you know, you have like... Uh, like financial needs and things mm -hmm. like that. I think uh, relational needs, yep. you know, like I, I just, uh, uh, I want a friend. I want people in my life who mm -hmm. care about me or, or I, I have a, or I want a spouse. Mm -hmm. I, I've seen that like become a stumbling block for a lot of people. Like if mm -hmm. God doesn't give me one, then God can take a hike. Um, yeah. I've seen some real people. Sorry. <laughs> That's not my perspective, uh, but uh, especially not now that I've been married 17 years. But, uh, 
um but yeah that's um I, I've seen all I've seen all those and it's, it's a pretty open ended question. Anything I feel like emotional to needs to emotional, emotional needs, mental yeah. and in today's day and age it's kind of at the forefront of what everybody's talking about. Mental Me- health mental stuff. health yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's like it can be like, Well, if my, I'm not mentally, emotionally healthy, then yeah. what good is God to me? But <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. God could be the answer to your emotional, mental yeah some of your needs there. yeah or he yeah and he might be be working through them yeah through through your this yeah. is, might be another sign of your brokenness and your need for him yeah yeah i know that mental health stuff has been a thorn in my flesh before that yeah. the lord has you know um has used it's, it's both the the answer and the edifier <laughs> yeah 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 uh, the most essential thing Peter says in this passage also tends to be the most offensive, both in the first century and today. Thanks, Peter. This, of course, <laughs> is his statement in verse 12. There is, no sa- there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Why is the idea that salvation is found only in Christ so scandalous to so many people? Uh, again, this is, this is a very open question. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons why people would find this scandalous. Yeah. Um, Ryan talked about how one of the reasons it's so scandalous is because it's so exclusive. But um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what we're ignoring is actually the exclusivity is inclusive. Mm, (laughs) It's like inclusivity. It's an inviting. It's an invitation to all. um, But it's exclusive in that not all accept the invitation yeah yeah and and i think that that is kind of like what rolls around in people back of people's head what about all those who haven't haven't heard haven't heard yeah haven't accepted uh, those kinds of things especially loved ones i have mm-hmm. that you know that that that, did, that don't know christ um also like you know i mean it's it's um i think that it's particularly in our culture there's um i think i think the west has a um, tendency to um, to denigrate itself, right? That we like to talk about, like all the sins of our culture and things like that. Mm. And Christianity is is often associated with the West, even though, interestingly, you know, it's initially a Middle Eastern religion, yeah. right? And um, and so, like, am I really going to say that that like this quote unquote Western religion is the sole truth? <laughs> Uh, the sole means of salvation and all of these Eastern faiths and things like that are, are you know, it's, it seems very, um, very imperialistic almost. Like, are we still trying to maintain that kind of thing? Like, those are the kinds of things that, is this the language of empire? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I think that, that that would be an angle that a lot of people today, that that would, re- an objection that would resonate with a lot of people today. Um <laughs> yeah, so see what you guys come up with on that. So Darcy has a lot of opinions. Darcy has thoughts. Yeah. <laughs> um like boy my mom's fingers sound good. <laughs> we've we've moved on from she's, the teething. She's not toys on my finger. <laughs> to human flesh. Um <laughs> What what would you say to someone who is struggling with the idea of uh, that salvation can only be found in Jesus? Somebody who's struggling with that idea. Well, I'll say I'll say one thing is that oftentimes I think um, I will often go the route of showing that the issue is not who's being exclusive and who isn't, yeah. because any position can be any position can be painted as closed-minded and uh, 
<laughs> any position can be closed minded and um and and open to the charge of um of mm, let's say bigotry uh, here's what i mean right like if you say like it it seems like a much more tolerant to, thing to say well all religions are essentially pointing to the same thing right they're all paths to truth you find yours i find mine that's what's cool yeah um but that is just as as what you're doing there is you're saying uh you're saying um i don't really care about what you're saying all the people who believe otherwise than me are 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 wrong right right and you're saying this is the uh the, this pluralistic truth is the real truth right whereas everybody else is at who actually thinks that their religion is exclusive is uh, is actually the ignorant one but really right. all you're saying is that your um kind of um you know trendy um um take on things is true and everybody else has it wrong yeah um so and not only that but by saying you know they're essentially pointing to the same thing you're that's not what the muslim would say of themselves right. that's not what the hindu would say right. of themselves they, they're not going to say well we're essentially saying the same things as the christians yeah. first of all no they're not um <laughs> Uh, and, um, secondly, uh, you know, that again, that's not what they would say. They, the, and, and you're so, so to, to, you're, you're saying that my modern Western, um, uh, inclusive pluralistic worldview is true while all these others are false. So okay. that's just as offensive to other cultures, other cultural beliefs, that as as a claim to exclusivity so let's stop pretending like the 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 barometer of truth is which idea is the most inclusive because yeah. that's not how anything works in this right. world and if everybody believes things that are ex exclusive it's yeah. impossible to think anything without there excluding being excluding something yeah without excluding something else yeah, yeah exactly um one thing, and I don't know what the quote is, unfortunately, but it's from C.S. Lewis, but mm. in kind of answer to this, it's it's basically like, if Jesus is who he says he is, I better believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I better believe it. Mm. And if he is not who he says he is, but I follow him anyway, like, what... I, I like what harm is it? No. Oh, that's kind of like a Pascal's wager thing. It sounds yeah. like to me that I that like my life would probably be better too. Yeah, it's a, my life yeah. would still be better yeah. by following Jesus, whether he's a good moral teacher or. Mm. But if he is God, then then I. Yeah, are you circling around the liar, lunatic, lord thing, or is this a different one that you're thinking? I don't about? think so. Oh, okay. I need. Where's my phone? Like, I need to Google this. Uh, <laughs> I'll get back Kristen's to you. This is going to go on the interwebs right if now. If I can find it, I'll uh, either say yeah, it. Or yeah. Maybe Doug can post so, it to the show notes. And, and I know that in the sermon, and then we'll move on from this question. Um, I I know that in the sermon, Ryan also leaned a lot heavily heavily on that. Like, if the truth is exclusive, it's loving people to tell loving to tell people mm. the truth right like if a person is in danger like you should give it to them straight like, well, it's they, like and that it's, uh that famous atheist comedian dude oh, the, the pen and tell uh, yes pen Gillette. yes yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it's like that video that he released yeah. he's an atheist and he's like basically offended by christians who don't share their faith with yeah him. like how much do i have to hate you <laughs> yeah. To, yeah yeah like if that's what you believe you must really hate me that if you're not willing to to try and convert me yeah <laughs> yeah 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 no the so yeah all those things um 
So we are uh, now going to look at Acts uh, 4, 13 through 30 for the final section here. Um, do you want me to read that? Yes, and uh, Okay. I'll read that. You feed that. How about that? Now, when they saw the boldness, hey, she and she and I both. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated common men, they were astonished and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with these men? For that a notable sign has been performed through them is evident to all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But in order that it may spread no further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in this name. So they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered them, Whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than to God, you must judge. For we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. And when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no way to punish them because of the people. For all were praising God for what had happened. For the man on whom the sign of healing was performed was more than forty years old. When they were released... They went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard it, they lifted their voices together to God and said, Sovereign Lord, who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit, Why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed. For truly in this city... There were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant Jesus." So, yeah, um, and let's just finish this off. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Wow. So all that to say that here we see two responses to the proclamation of the gospel, resistance and boldness. And this is the actual end of the sermon that Ryan said he didn't have time to get to. Oh. <laughs> so we'll just, uh, real quick, let's, let's, let's hit on these things um, just in view of time, uh, length of the podcast as well here. What things do you find most shocking about the response of, the Jer- of Jerusalem's religious leaders? Huh. I think it, like, they're like, well, we can't deny this happened. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So they just need to shut up about it and uh, <laughs> let us get on with our lives. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, I think that would be, I mean, they're really, they're seeing a threat to their position. Yeah. Um, and, and, and and instead of being like, it's almost like everything but the, they're so desperate to maintain that power. Yeah. And their, their rightness and maybe their group think that <clears throat> they will admit any. They, they, they do everything but what seems to make the most sense. Yeah. Say, well, look, a miracle just happened. Why don't we listen to the guy who performed it? Yeah. You know, like yeah. they, they, they'll do anything except as, as long as it doesn't reach the conclusion, Jesus is Lord and we should repent and trust in him. Yeah. Um, they're, they're willing to go with it. 
Oh man, what would have? What would have? I just wonder what it would have looked like had that been their reaction. Well, that was Paul's reaction, and that's what that looked like. That was good. Yeah, that's <laughs> <Right>? true. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it would have looked a lot different. And, yeah. and interestingly, I'll also mention here that like another interesting thing that's not their reaction is their what's not their reaction is. Well, hey, let's go to Joseph of Arimathea's tomb and bring out the body and, and stop this, mm. right? And which is one of the reason, one of the pieces of evidence that supports the notion of the empty tomb oh, is that, that they the apostles are the doing this. Yeah, they're like, <laughs> we know it's not there. Yeah, like that. That that's never an option for the Jewish establishment inside or outside the New Testament, huh. and which would be a logical first step. That would be how. <laughs> Try, that would probably be a helpful thing to quell belief in some guy being raised from the dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, what should our response when people refuse? What should be our response when people refuse to accept the truth of Christ? Mm. I think of when Jesus sent the seventy, and he says, like, basically, mm. kick the dust off to your shoes and move on to the next person. Mm. Like, yeah, this is. It's not a reflection of, of you or how you're doing or my work through you. It's a, more of a reflection of their heart and where they're at. So you raise a, you raise a good point, right? Because I'm thinking to pray for them and persevere, right? Uh, well, but yeah, on the other yeah, hand, yeah. But on the other hand, you're absolutely right, right? Because um, you don't see Peter like continuing to be like, come on, guys. Like, you know. He just moves um, on to the yeah, next. Yeah, so like. I think like there's the both of those things are in play. Yeah. That like there should be persistence, there should be prayer. Do not think that a no is a final no or something like that. But on the other hand, like you do need to be discerning enough to when like you're throwing your pearls before swine. You need to be the you know, that like because here you're you have obstinacy, right? Like there's there's like all the reason in the world you would need to convince the most ardent skeptic, mm-hmm. right, has just happened. Mm-hmm. And yet these guys are trying to figure out ways around it, yeah. you know, to avoid the conclusion. So, so yeah, so yeah, I think both those things are in play. The persistent prayer and continued boldness with a person, as well as, um, um, as well as, um, um, you know, knowing when it's time to maybe say, I think my time and energy is better spent doing something else sure. and maybe they, they need some space. They need some time yeah. and God needs to do something in their life because yeah. you know, there we're, we're about to see in a few chapters how there's one of the Pharisees needs the needs Jesus to, he's heard all he needs to, he's going to hear from people. He needs to hear from Jesus himself. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, uh, the, so that's, that's the, the response of resistance, the response of boldness. Two questions real quick. What examples of boldness do you see in the way the believers respond to the events in this passage? So uh, I see a couple of things. Um, first of all, I think I think the persistence of Peter and John in verses 19 through 20, right? Like whether it's right in the sight of God to listen to you rather than God, you must judge for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. We cannot but speak and letting them know like, like we're obeying God in doing this. And this thing is so awesome. Like we have to speak of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but then also you see the praise of believers, right? Like that, that when they, when the believers hear the report of this, they, they praise God um, and, and, um, you know, they, they cite like Psalm two is being fulfilled here. The nations are raging. The people are plotting in vain and setting themselves against the Lord and his anointed. Um, 
and but but we also know that Psalm two is not only that, but it's also but it's also ask of me and I will give the nations to you as your inheritance, mm-hmm. right? Like you will rule them with a rod of iron. So like this is happening. We're praising God for this. So I think like that that's that's a huge thing. Confidence in God's sovereignty. Notice they're all gathered to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. Mm. This idea that, like, Lord, we're just getting swept up in this movement that you're doing now, and we're excited about that. Um, and obviously, another thing that's bold is they speak the word of God with boldness. Yeah. Yeah. So what can you do to emulate this boldness? What can you do? Let's both give one idea. Pray for pray. boldness. All right. All right. Very <laughs> nice. Pray for boldness. Well, because what, what's going to happen when you pray for boldness, you're going to suddenly start finding yourself in situations that require boldness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. And yeah. And I think practice boldness, right? Like yeah. practice uh, getting out of your comfort zone with how you have conversations yeah. with people. Like I get dropping, clammy my hands. Dropping the Lord. <laughs> I'm get, like, oh, yeah, yeah, shaking, my voice shakes like, a little bit. hands and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Just so, to dispel any notions that we're good at this. <laughs> but you just, but you just, you know, you 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 start getting natural at at, at talking about yeah. God to to people. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, some of the most bold and 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 beautiful evangelists I know are people who just don't have a fear of yeah. of people. They don't care yeah. necessarily what they, what they think mm. about them. They care what they think about God. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so they are able to speak more boldly. So just um. Yeah, kind of taking on some of that. Hmm. Absolutely. And speaking of prayer, uh, prayer time, pray that the Lord would help you to use your own good works to point not just to yourself, but to Jesus. Uh, Praise God for his faithfulness and fulfilling his great promises through Jesus Christ. And pray that you would be able to effectively communicate the gospel with boldness and humility, despite the resistance of unbelievers in your life. So all good thoughts, good stuff to pray for. Hey, Thanks again for another season, you guys. We love you, and we're so thankful for you. Yep. Um, try to don't be a stranger and uh, keep in touch over the summer. And, uh, yeah, uh, just look forward to hearing what the Lord has done and is continuing to do in your group. So thank you for serving. And uh, until we get our next podcast out. We love you guys. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye.